Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And when at first he, Adam showed this curiosity and then he saw his, all his friends looking at him with that you're not really going to consider that, are you? That was symbolic of the group of non-believing Jewish people putting pressure on the individuals in their group who would even consider the claims of the Lord Jesus. And then when Adam said, no, I can't, I can't, that was symbolic uh, uh, of the potential seeker within the, within, the, within the non-believers caving in under the pressure of others. A lot of symbolism there. A lot of symbolism there. And, and this is the symbolism that's so important about what Jacob said in verse 6. O my soul, come not thou unto their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. Now, Jacob now, <clears throat> we can see him, we've seen him looking at Reuben, looking at Simeon and Levi, and it's like this is a nightmare for him. This is a night of his, his heartaches. But in, you know, he's, he's going to turn now. He's, I mean, we can see him. He's got all this frown and frustration and disappointment from his first three sons. But as he turns now, we can see like the, the, the dawn is going to come on Jacob's face. And he smiles. And he comes in verse 8 and he says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down to thee. So we can see Jacob, he just lights up when he looks at Judah and he says, ah, Judah, wonderful Judah. See, his first words when he said, thou art he, which is, which is really Yehuda Atah. It's, it's like Judah, you. It's, it's, it, it, those, those words, when he, when he said it, it was like Yehuda Atah. You know, Judah, you, it's you, you. There's a surprise to it. It's like Jacob is saying, I can't believe it's really you. Ever since I became a father, I've been looking, and now in you I finally found him. You know, I've had to wait till my deathbed to finally find you. It's you. So his first statement here, Judah, you, shows us that Jacob has been looking among his sons for that special son, you know, he started with Reuben, and where, where, where we can see how initially Jacob thought the special son must be Reuben. He's my firstborn, thou art my firstborn, verse 3. My might, the beginning of my strength. But he left disappointed from Reuben. And then we see Jacob came to Simeon and Levi with this search, where's the special son? And again, he leaves Simeon and Levi and, and with the disappointment of verse 6, O my soul, come not thou into their secret, be not thou united. That's the backdrop 
All of that, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, is the backdrop for when Jacob's eyes turn now and look at Judah, and he makes this, and, and, and he makes this statement because God has opened Jacob's eyes. God has revealed to Jacob that is Judah, and it's like he can't contain himself in verse 8, and he just blurts out, Judah, you, like that. And, and, and that's what happened. And, and so from verse 8, we see how Judah, the fourth son, has now come into the place of supremacy over his brothers. You know, Jacob has many things, and he will say many things about Judah here. But remember, Jacob is talking from, uh, in verse 1 about what's going to happen in the last days. So Jacob, what Jacob is going to say here and is saying to all of them, but especially to Judah, is that, is that Jacob will say here about Judah, when he talks about Judah, Jacob is reaching forward. He's reaching forward beyond the person who was there with him, and he's stretching, stretching out in his comments to talk about the one who's going to come through Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. So the many things that Jacob is going to say in these verses 8 through 12 are looking to Jesus the Messiah from the tribe of Judah. But the first thing that Jacob does say about among the many things here is, is he says, praise, praise. He says, praise. Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Now, actually, this is really a play on words because, be, 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 because does anyone remember what the word Judah means? It means praise. It means praise. So what he's saying here in, in verse 8 is uh, <clears throat> praise, you are he whom your brothers will praise. That's kind of what it reads. It's very interesting. Very interesting. And, 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 and it's a prophetic scene here in verse 8 because just as Jacob had spent so much time looking for one son, looking from one son to the other, for which son the, the, the Redeemer is going to come through. So the Jews have spent so much time looking for one person to the other person, say, who's the Messiah? They thought, oh, it's, it's Bar Kokhba. He's the Messiah. You know, oh, no, it's uh, Rabbi Schneerson. He's the Messiah, you know. And, and, and just as it was not until Jacob was on his deathbed that he discovered that the Messiah is going to come through Judah, so... It's going to be when the Jews are on the brink of total death, total annihilation from all the nations that are coming against Israel in Zechariah 12, 9, that the Jews will finally discover that the Lord Jesus Christ is the true Messiah, Zechariah 13, 6, Zechariah 13, 6. And just as Jacob was shocked, he was surprised to learn that Judah would been all the while under his nose, right under his nose, but he didn't recognize him. And so it's going to be when the Jews, when they'll be, dis, they'll, be dis, they'll be shocked, they'll be surprised when they think about, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's not, not like we haven't heard of him. He was right under their nose, and they didn't recognize that he was the Messiah. And just as Jacob's first response after discovering it, it was really Judah was praise, so, so when the, the first response of the Jews, when they discover that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah, will be praise and joy after they go through their Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10 morning is over. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't read something like this without 
picturing praise and joy that the Jews are going to have when they discover the Lord Jesus Christ is their Messiah, their King, their God. You can see him in Jerusalem with their horrors and everything else, dancing around in the state of praise and joy. It's all simcha, 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 joy, joy, joy. It's all about joy. It's all about joy. It's all about praise. And this word shall in verse 8 is very important when it says in verse 8, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. See, that word shall is very important because it shows that this is all future. This is all going to come in the future when the Jewish people will in the future praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the church today, which is largely made up now of Gentile believers, has been praising the Lord Jesus Christ. But verse 8 is, is speaking about in the future when the Jewish people will join in their praising of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Jacob sees first about the Messiah, the Messiah to come through Judah, is praise. Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. And all praise, all this praise starts when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it's a Jewish person or whatever. This is what David meant when he said in, in, in Psalm 63.3, Psalm 63.3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. That's, this is what happens when a person becomes a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. With the new birth starts a new life of praise. It's an eternal life of praise. And it never ends. Because it continues all the way into heaven, as we can see in Revelation 19.4. Revelation 19.4 Says about, talks about the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of the mighty thundering saying, hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. So when a person is just born again, when he's just born again, he begins this, this activity of praise. He starts to praise the Lord Jesus, and just like, and, and, and he never ends it. It's just like the song, The Love of God, says, you know, could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the hold those stretched from sky to sky. That's an inconceivable thought. The ocean is, is, a, is a well of ink, and every, every tree is a, is a pen, and you're going to start writing, when do you actually drain the ocean? You know. Anyway, <clears throat> so praise starts with a new believer when he first realizes that as a new baby, so to speak, oh, the Lord Jesus has saved me from hell and he's forgiven me of my sins. That's the beginning. And, and then he grows in the Lord Jesus. He realizes more and more of what the Lord Jesus has done for him. And as he does this, his praise of the Lord Jesus grows stronger and stronger as he sees from the Bible, especially what we've been talking about in our series of Behold the Blood, especially when he sees what the blood of the Lord Jesus has accomplished for him. He sees from Hebrews 9.22 that he by his blood removed my sins. Wow. He sees from 1 Peter 1.18 through 19. 
He, by his blood, redeemed my soul. Wow. He sees from Leviticus 17.11, Leviticus 17.11, he, by his blood, covered or atoned for my sins. He sees from Ephesians 2.13, by his blood, he reconciled me to God. He sees from 1 John 1.17, by his blood, he cleansed my soul. He sees from Colossians 1.20, by his blood, he made peace with God for me. He sees from Romans 5.9, by his blood, he justified me. He sees from, he sees from Revelation 7.14, by his blood, he made my robes white. He sees from Hebrews 13.12, by his blood, he sanctified me from Revelation 12.11. By his blood, he made me overcome the devil. And Hebrews 10.19, Hebrews 10.19, by his blood, he gives me a boldness to enter into his blood. He starts to see all this as he goes more and deeper and deeper into the Bible. Those are just some of what he will learn through the word about what the blood of the Lord Jesus accomplished for him. And as he learns this more and more, his praise gets stronger and stronger. You know, it's the blood of the Lord Jesus that defines his ultimate work for the believer. But the believer who has just been born again, he doesn't know all these things yet. He's gonna go on to learn more and more about the work of the Lord Jesus, and that's gonna result in his praise getting stronger and stronger. And then as a believer, he's gonna learn more and more about the person of the Lord Jesus. Who was this who did this? Who was this person of perfection, this person of love, this per- and, and who is one with the Father, who is in obedience to the Father? That's the life. And that's the progression of the normal Christian life. And if a Christian doesn't have that progression of mounting praise in his life, then there's something deeply wrong, deeply wrong, because there's two possible problems. First problem could be if a Christian is not in the Word and not learning about the work and person of the Lord Jesus, then that will result in a stagnated Christian life of no praise. Or... A person may only learn theologically or academically or just with head knowledge about the work and person of the Lord Jesus, but never apply it to himself so there'll be no praise. That person's not saved. That person's not saved. He may, he may have a, 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 a THM, he may have a, a doctorate in theology and not be saved if he's never applied what he's learned because salvation is the application of the truth of God's forgiveness for sins. And so that person's not going to have any praise for the Lord Jesus. That, that person would be like the person who on the Passover night knew that he had to collect the blood of a lamb for his house, and maybe he even did collect the blood for the lamb for his house, but he never put the blood on the doorpost. He never put it on the doorpost. No application. A person who does not apply the truth of the Lord's forgiveness is not a saved person. Now, we come now to just thinking about Judah. And we're thinking about the word Jew, which comes from the word Judah. As a matter of fact, in Israel, there is no word Jew. We only do that here. The only word for Jew in Israel is Judah. So in Israel, Jews are called Judas. (laughs) And, And that's so interesting because it shows that by their name, Judah, which means praise, the Jewish people have a destiny by their name, to be praising the Messiah. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. But the Jewish people have not as yet fulfilled their destiny of their name, Jew, Judah, praise. But they will. 
and they will, when they gather around the Lord Jesus Christ and praise him. That will be when the Jewish people finally are fulfilled with the fulfillment of their destiny to praise the Lord Jesus as their Messiah, their King, their God. So in verse eight, Jacob is speaking about the ultimate fulfillment of the Jewish people when he says, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. When the Jewish people reach that state of praising the Lord Jesus, then they will have reached that state of ultimate fulfillment. And some have now. And they're a part of what's called in the Bible very small remnant of Jewish people who are believers. They're like the first fruits. They're like Paul, who described himself in 1 Timothy 1.16. 1 Timothy 1.16, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first, he uses the word first, in me first, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern, he uses the word pattern, for a pattern on them which should here and after follow me. See there, he says, I'm a pattern. The, the future Jewish people are gonna follow me. Now, Jacob describes what the Jewish people are gonna praise the Lord for in verse eight. And that is, in verse eight, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. So this description of the Lord Jesus putting his hand in the neck of his enemies is a description of the Lord conquering his and his enemies. And this is what he's being praised for, defeating his enemies. Now, from a prophetic point of view, this is what the Jewish people will praise the Lord Jesus for when he conquers their enemies. Because as the king of the Jews, the enemies of Israel are the enemies of the Lord. And this is what will happen when he conquers Israel's enemies in Zechariah 14.3. In Zechariah 14.3, it says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall, shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Really? From what's happening today in the Middle East, this can't be very far away. Because there, I don't know if you knew this, but there was a vote last week in the United Nations. The vote was uh, one of the many that was against Israel. What else is new? But this one was to investigate Israel for war crimes against humanity for what happened in Gaza, the border. So picture that. All the nations of the United Nations last week voted against Israel except for two nations. Thank God one of them was the United States. Praise God for Nikki Haley and President Trump. Trump. And the other nation was, you know, it wasn't Israel. Israel didn't get a vote. <laughs> and this is what shocked the United Nations. Australia. Australia. And the United Nations is now doing a formal request to the Australia to find out why they didn't vote to, against Israel. So the United Nations is beginning to fulfill their destiny, which is described in Zechariah 14.2. Zechariah 14.2. All nations against Jerusalem to battle. So actually, before all those nations come before Jerusalem to battle, when all those, nation, all those nations are somehow they're going to be in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and the Lord is, is, is going to, in that valley, before they get to Jerusalem, he's going to plead with them one last time. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't come against my people, but they won't listen. And that's described in Joel 3.2. Joel 3.2. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. 
and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So this is going to be the first praise of the Jewish people when the Lord Jesus fights against all the nations that are united against the Jewish people, when the Lord Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives and defeats all the nations coming against Israel. Then the Lord Jesus will be praised by the Jewish people as their conquering king, king, the one who puts his hand on the neck of his enemies. But the Lord Jesus will, but the Lord Jesus will also be praised for putting his hand on the neck of our greatest enemy, everyone's greatest enemy, which is death and hell, death and hell. And this is where we see him in Hosea 13, 14. Hosea 13, 14, when he's going out to do this battle, and it says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. That's the, this is what the Lord Jesus is going to be praised for, as is described in 1 Corinthians 15.25. 1 Corinthians 15.25. He must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. When, this was the first enemy that appears with Adam and Eve when, when they fell into sin. And when they did that, death reigned over them. And as we waited for the promise, as, 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 they, as, as man has waited for the promise of Genesis 3.15 to be fulfilled, where his foot would come up, it would be bruised, his heel would be bruised, but nevertheless it would come down on the head of the king of death, the devil. That's the greatest victory where he puts the last enemy under his feet. That's what we praise him for this morning. Let's, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, for the Lord who is the mighty conqueror. And we do praise you, Lord Jesus, this morning, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And we thank you, Lord, for Jacob's words that Israel will yet gather around you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 